Welcome to episode 9 or maybe 10, can't actually actually remember, but welcome back to another episode of Daniel in a Tractor. Um, in this episode, I'll be going a little bit different direction than normal and different to what I expected. Uh, so last week I had my main man ring up and tell me how a story to tell. Uh, I thought it was going to be a light-hearted affair, maybe involve some raucous laughter. Or, you know, he might tell me about the time he had a garage sale and an old man picked up a pair of secateurs he'd accidentally left in the garden, asked how much they were, and instead of saying, no, sorry, mate, they're not for sale, he said, you can have them for $2.50. You know, maybe that sort of light-hearted stuff. But as it turned out, it's a story about possibly one of the biggest celebrities in the history of the world and a storyline around them. And it is fascinating. Here at the end, he just encourages me to do a bit of research for myself and maybe give a bit of an opinion on what I think. I've done a little bit of research. I'm not going to say much. I'm going to say maybe it's a case of the media or somebody just deciding what they think has happened, what they want us to believe as the public. Um, I'm not sure. I might be wrong because I haven't haven't done all that sort of research, but I just know that I haven't heard a lot about the subject of this story before. Um, there is a bit out there about him when you do look into it, but you definitely hear one side of the story and not the other. So, hope you enjoy it. Here it is. I spoke to this man briefly last week. He told me that he's got one of the all-time stories to tell. I am unaware of the actual story, so hopefully it's a good one because I'm betting all my chips on this story to pull in the highest rating episode so far. Uh, As a man I've known for a long time, he goes by a lot of nicknames. Uh, One of the current nicknames is Chang. I believe Mm. this is because bigger, more Caucasian version of the great tennis player Michael Chang. (laughs) Yes. And really? mm. his athletic ability matches. So, welcome into the tractor, Christopher Paul Stellard. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me on. And I've never said that this is, you know, the greatest story or anything. Just the greatest story I've come up across, I should say. I haven't come up with this, but come uh, across in my 41 years. Uh, does it actually involve you? Or is it just a story? Not really. I'm just a bystander in this, as I oh. am with anything that interesting that happens. So, oh, okay. um, and I don't. And the interesting thing is, I'm not quite sure whether you know this because I feel that I've told you all my stories probably three times over. Yeah, this one might have happened when you're in England. 
I think. Yep. Yeah. Potentially. So we'll see how we go and chime in at any stage to say, oh, I've heard this before and cut the interview and that will be that. We might save ourselves some time and effort. It was 2000 <laughs> and early 2005, it was. Now, were you in England at the time? Uh, no, I wasn't. I okay. think I was a, bit, a couple of years earlier. All right. So out of that loop. Now, you may remember <laughs> I became... A, a crown dealer, a croupier yep. crown. You remember that? For about yep, nine I months do. or so. And um, yep. so we had to do training for six straight weeks. We started at eight o'clock in the morning and we finished at four o'clock in the afternoon. And all we did, yep. you only had one game. So you either had blackjack or roulette. You only had one. And if yep. you had blackjack, I had blackjack. All you do was spin the ball. And you have to rope learn your 35 times tables and your 17 times tables, your payout tables, basically. That's all you you do, right? Yeah. So yep. pretty boring stuff. But form, and there was about 18 of us, 18, 20 of us, formed a really good relationship with um, three other guys. So there was four of us. And we used to go and play basketball after, after work. We went on a fishing trip together, just the four of us. So it was uh, Brett... Nebusha or Neb and Costa. They were the three three yep. besties. Real good guys. All They're around all sort of... same, same yeah. age. Oh, I think two of them may be a bit younger. I was 24. I think one guy might have been about the same age as me, 25, 26. And the other two were more like 20, 21. Yep. So young. Why, how did you actually – why did you go and do this job? What was – you just thought it was interesting. Yeah, something to do. I was sort of in between jobs, and it was just an easy job to pick up. And I thought, oh, you know, there's something to do, easy job. I'm in between a few things. Oh, we'll give it a go. Yep. And, um, and yeah, the long story behind that. But, anyway, so we were, we were good friends. Like, we were really close, like I said, hanging out after work and all that kind of stuff and on the weekends. And we were young, so anything sort of goes, you know, when you're sort of that age. Um, so we would, you know, make fun of each other, etc. All, all fine. And on the what, um, on the fishing yeah. trip, did you ca- catch any big fish? <laughs> I don't recall. Actually, we were squidding, squid jigging, squid jigging. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, you get the squid jigging. You, you like, I don't know. You do something with it. You put it, tow it by it with your thing or something or other, and they the squid are meant to be attracted to something, and then they. They jump on, but I don't recall catching anything. No. Okay, that's a shame. But that might be. That's just my. I think we did. I think we probably did, to be honest. But I probably didn't catch anything personally. Yeah. So I don't. Probably Neb. Neb would have caught. Neb, man, the bosh. Yeah, he was handy with a reel. I think it was Costa, <laughs> too. Actually, anyway. Um. So anyway, we're really close. We're getting to our about second last day, right? And me and Neb were uh, on the roulette table mucking around. And we were real bored, you know, like I said, <laughs> real boring stuff. Six weeks doing the same thing. Yeah. And Nabusha starts making Michael Jackson voices, right? Which was, yeah. you know, what they're like. Anyway, I'm not going to do my personality. <laughs> so Brett comes over. Now, Brett, real, real good guy, uh, but big guy. He comes over and, and he says, don't you ever do that again? 
I'll kill you, sort of thing. I don't think he uses yeah. kill you, but he said, I'll knock you out. Or he said some colourful language. Let's just yeah. say something real. And Neb, because we would laugh, we would joke about everything, right? Because yep. at that age, we'd joke about everything. Just thought he was joking. So he just did, sort of did it again. And he goes, no, seriously, if you do that again, I'll kill you. Or whatever he said. He didn't say kill you, but, you know, yeah. embellishing a bit. And then Brett walked back to his table. Brett had to walk about... 15 metres to do to do this, do you know what I mean? And then goes back. And it was just all awkward. The most awkward thing ever. Yep. And, you know, Ned did the right thing. He apologised later on and he was talking to me, goes, you know, Chris, I don't understand what that was about. I said, look, mate, he's just probably like a big Michael Jackson fan, all good. <laughs> and Brett, he was the type of guy who was nice. He just sort of said it and then he, was, he went on with life, you know? Yeah. Got his point across. Got his point across, and then we're all friends again. He loves loves Michael Jackson. Exactly. And then we're all squid chicken again. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So we're all fine. So I was all fine, and we finally get out onto the floor, Crown Casino, as in, you know, you start doing shadow shifts and you start actually dealing live games. So we're all wrapped, actually, to get out there, get on rosters and all those sort of things. And uh, about a week or two in, Hear that um, that Brett's quit, right? Yeah. And um, his cousin worked there, and we're like, "So weird. Why would he quit? Because he will, we were also quite keen to get paid, you know, start going on the floor, you know, just get a feel for it, rah rah rah. That's what we were here to do, etc. It was very strange that he would quit, and his cousin said he had to quit for family reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm I'm in the dining room. We always had breaks. I'm in the dining room looking up, and sure enough, this is about a week later. I see Brett on TV on American TV, and he's yeah. testifying in the Michael Jackson case in America. <laughs> was he real? And he was on the front page of the Age um, the next day, along with a guy called Wade Robson, who's also Australian. Yeah, I've heard of him. So, roughly. It's been documented that roughly, I believe, um, based on like flights and that kind of stuff, that Brett um, spent somewhere between. He met him when he was five. He went to, to the ranch when he was five, and he slept on one side of Michael Jackson's bed, maybe three hundred to four hundred times, based yeah. on flight details, etc. And so, in two thousand and five, he was testifying that nothing um, at all happened, and in fact. In 1993, something else happened and he was only young and he also sort of stood up for Michael Jackson at the time, right? Uh. And so that was all that, right? And yeah. so he had to quit his job for that sort of reason and then um, then you, would have, you might have seen in the papers and stuff in 2019, there was another documentary called Leaving Neverland that also came out. Yep, I think I vaguely remember, yeah. And that was Wade Robson and another person saying that something did happen and going into the details about that. So Wade Robson testified nothing happened in 2005 under oath in that big court case. I don't know if you remember. It was all on all the TVs. Yeah. And then he changed his his viewpoint in... um, and came and and there was a lawsuit that he started in 2017. Uh, sorry, 2013, he started a lawsuit uh, yeah. against Michael Jackson's estate. 
And that was settled this year, 2021. Uh. Um, and Brett's been, um, he's on Twitter and you can see him, you can type in Brett uh, Brown and he'll come up, or Barnes, sorry, I get that confused, Brett Barnes, sorry. Brett Brown, type... Brown's a basketball coach, isn't he? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Who did he coach for? South East Melbourne Magic? No. Was he a Giants uh, man? I think he was a Giants man. I think man. he might have been Giants. Who is he now? But, um, and he coached, who's he coaching? He coached Australia, I think, at times. Anyway, Brett yeah. Barnes. He's coaching the so, NBA. Yeah, that's right. Philadelphia, of course. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So Brett Barnes has also been very vocal on Twitter. He sort of came back into the fray in 2019. So, hey, look, all this stuff is rubbish. And also... Um, he was very upset, or rightly so, that there was a lot of footage of him as a kid in this Leaving Neverland documentary. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, the voiceover saying this and that happened, yep. you know, well, of a didn't. sexual nature. And he's like, well, they're, they're images of me, but that never happened. And I remember seeing something in a current affair, similar thing, it was pictures of him, but he's always maintained that nothing um, yeah, has so he, happened. Yeah, so he hasn't, he never flopped like way though. Whatever he's, what is that? Wade Robson, yeah, yeah. So he's Australian, he's stayed in America. I think he did a little bit of an M- he had an MTV show himself, yeah. One day, yeah, he's a dancer or something. Correct. Uh, Correct. what's his what's his actual handle, Brett Barnes? I just you know type his... in Brett Barnes, Michael Jackson, you'll come up with heaps. Of oh, Michael Jackson. Um, and you'll see a lot of put he went on tour with him, and, and you'll see him, you know, some video footage of when he went on tour with Michael Jackson at his hotel. and um, you know, you'll see all sorts of stuff that, that pops up. Um, so, anyway, so, go ahead. I was going to say, so he never, ever, the only time Michael Jackson was referenced was when he said, I'm going to bash you for making those sounds. <laughs> he never said that's the before, only time. I, that's the only time, yeah, he ever said. Like, he never said, oh, I know yeah. Michael And Jackson. I should say, just, he didn't say bash, he didn't say kill you. I don't know what he said, but he made it very clear. Do not ever do that again, ever. Yeah. You've crossed the line. And that was the only time, on all the time we spent together, like I said, it was pretty intense and we would do things that obviously you do in your young, in your young 20s. But that was the only time that we he, we crossed the line. Yeah. The, the, but you didn't know there was a line. No, exactly. Exactly. And I guess what I find interesting for me is that the other kid, in 1993, a kid settled for $27 million. Yep. And there's a lot of talk that he just paid money to get it over and done with. Yeah. And now, I don't know about this Robson and, and the other guy called Safe Chuck, but they did file a lawsuit for $1.5 billion. Yeah. And that's fact. And, and I guess, I, this, you know, he's just in, when I met him, Brett Barnes, he's just in, you know, Roeville sort of way. And I've always thought, gee, if you said something, even if it wasn't true, it feels like you're we're heading for like a fifty million dollar plus sort of pay day, and I'm probably underestimating it, you know? Yeah. But the whole way, and still today, he's maintained that nothing has ever happened, and he's yeah. taken that sort of line. And I think that's gutsy. Yeah. So, I'm not quite sure. sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if I was put in that position 
what would happen because I'm very positive he's had lawyers come to him and say, look, you know, we're doing a, a joint law case, a uh, court case or whatever it might be, lawsuit. And yeah. uh, he maintained to... Michael Jackson's innocence. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I, you have not told me this story before. Mm. So there you I go. I found him. So oh. You found him. You had a look. So you'll yeah. see young, you'll see young, Brett Barnes there at some stage, and then you'll see the older one when he's going to testify. And then you won't see him at all outside of that because he keeps himself relatively quiet. Mm. How how did he know? Like, was he why did was he with Michael Jackson or whatever? Was he in the story? Goes he passed a. I think the story goes he passed a note to Michael Jackson's background singer or something when he was five or something like that. I, I don't really know all the full stories. <laughs> I sort of thought that maybe his sister was ill at some stage. Like his sister used to go there a fair bit. Like I think his sister's gone yeah. there and spent a couple of hundred nights or something like that or at least a hundred nights, something like that. Like they were close. It's not like they were um, not like it was a short-term relationship, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you have, have a look later on tonight too, if you ever watch Leaving Neverland, it's interesting, but then there's also contradictory views. Like the lawyer from 2005 has his has an interview about Wade Robson and obviously the changing of the the narrative or testimony, I should say. So what he said in 2005 and the lead up to that. So it's sort of interesting because what the lawyer is basically saying is, look, when all this was brought about, Michael Jackson, this particular person. Um, they didn't think there was a very strong case at all, right? Yeah. So they didn't even know if they'd put up a defence because under that law, the prosecutors had to prove beyond reasonable doubt, right? So if, you don't, if you've seen all the evidence, you don't think it's that crash hot, there's an element that you go, well, we'll just rest and we'll probably get a verdict here. And we don't need to fly in Wade Robson or anybody like that. But they thought that his testimony and other people's testimony was that compelling that they decided to put up a defence. And they went yep. through, obviously, a fair bit of due diligence with all the people testifying that they weren't going to say something that then went the other way, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's my story. It's as good as it gets over the 41 years, in my opinion. <laughs> I can't do any better. It is. No, it's a very good story. It's not what I was expecting. And last week you mentioned that I might want to talk to other parties involved. There's no way I'm contacting Brett Barnes to talk about Michael Jackson. <laughs> I know. I thought about that because I just know him. The thing is, you're going to understand, I just know him as, as like Brett, who we had a good yeah. time with and went fishing and had a few drinks and played basketball. And... I've always really admired him, but then afterwards I saw, I just read a few things recently in the last week since I've called you and went, oh, this is bigger than Ben Hur, this sort of stuff. Because a lot of people are really <laughs> passionate. So there's no way we're talking to him. No, I agree. <laughs> but um, I, I feel for him because I, it's all, it's a very murky situation for everybody involved. Yeah. What's he doing now, do you know? No. Working all that. No, I did. Amazing. Anyway, Barnsley. that's it. 
Bummer. If he's listening, and he will be listening probably, if he's in Germany, oh. maybe he's that point two of a percent person in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, get in contact. No, don't get in contact. I don't think you want to go any further with this. But get I did really just admire well, him for not following the money trail, at least. Yeah. And not to say that other people, other allegations aren't true or anything, but there must have been a temptation there. Yeah, for sure. Human nature. Mm. But he's stayed strong. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've say got. A lot. I like it. Um, thanks for that. Just on a side note, what's Neb up to now? Uh, Neb, good question. I um, He was saving to buy a Subway franchise. Was he? Yeah, and a couple of times I was I was about to drop into a subway that I think he was going to buy in the end um, to say hello, but it didn't it didn't really eventuate. So he was yeah buying a subway in the northern suburbs. Oh, mm, and Costa, I'm not sure about Costa. I've been thinking about like me like first jobs for the kids mm. and all the tape like the food place. I reckon subway would be the worst. Why is that? It's just like it's a lot of work making those sandwiches. Yeah, just going up and down the line all day. I don't and like the fact that... that you're exposed the whole time for mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could put a bit of carrot on, and then they go, "No, no, no, bit, bit more." You know, I, yeah. that would that would annoy me. Yep, and it's not that fast a process. So if you got busy, there'd be a lot mm. of pressure. Yeah. So, and then there'd be I'll... certain ones you just hate making. I'm like, oh no. Not a yeah. long meatball. I hate the meatball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, there'll be hard ones that are harder than others. Um, McDonald's. McDonald's, you can get away with it a bit more. You're sitting in the background. You're only making a patty or something, right? And then somebody else is assembling it or whatever. Yeah, McDonald's probably looks like they get the best training. I reckon because they're so busy. But you'd be busy all the time. I reckon maybe like Red Rooster or something would be a nice gig. They're not so busy, bit of downtime. Yeah, he's just cutting but, up quarter, quarters and halves. And that's from, like that. yeah. But you want to get a good work ethic, so probably McDonald's, maybe mm. Subway is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. It was good, you know. Like we we're all really close, but then once we got onto the floor at Crown, right? Then we all just dispersed because we we're all on different shifts. You know, it's a twenty-four hour seven days a week operation, yep. so I just never really saw them as much, and we tried to catch up and then it just got too tricky, you know? Yeah. It would have been harder back then. Like, now anyway. it, was, it was Facebook around back then? Or so maybe we'll get Neb on and talk about Subway franchises and how we go. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to track him down. <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> more of a straightforward <laughs> option than Brett. I can't, can't leave I'll be like a hard-hitting journalist if I like track Brett Palms down. <laughs> oh, I know. I've just forgot how passionate <laughs> people are about this issue, to be honest. I'll be, I mean, look I'll at him. Like, his, his name's been obviously dragged through the mud. Yeah. But um, no, that's a can of worms. Probably yeah. not. Probably that can of worms, it's too big for the tractor. You know? So yeah, know right. Imagine Daniel and a tractor's up for Walkley Awards. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And well, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Or Shari, yeah. Mar- you know, Shari, Shari Markson, who blew the lid on the Wuhan lab or whatever. 
Oh, yeah. Manhattan, Manhattan, like, find out who you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do that. Yeah. But follow him, have a look, follow it. I know you love your research. I know you love to do your Googling and follow it and maybe get back to your listeners as well. That You all sort of take about the whole sort of situation. You'd have to watch Leaving Neverland as well. It's a pretty lengthy one, that one. Um, I'm pretty sure I watched it. I can't remember it, but okay, I'll look into it. Mm. I'll look into it. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for joining me in the tractor. That was excellent. Definitely going to be a ratings hit. (laughs) All right. Done. All right. We're off here now. Oh, it's still recording, but...